Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to, to New Life Fellowship Online. My name is Ross Gilbert, and I'm the, the lead pastor of New Life Fellowship. If, uh, if you're joining us for the first time, we, we normally meet in Chickabee Hills Public School in Kitchener, but uh, we call that our Kitchener campus. And I, I say that term uh, not because we have multi-campuses, like we have different satellite churches, but uh, f- when the school strikes hit, we had to move around. And basically, we just went wherever we could go, where whoever would take us. And so we went to for a time to our Breslau campus, which was the, the Breslau Community Center. And then we had our Cambridge campus, campus which was at uh, Heritage uh, Bible College and Seminary. And, uh, and now we're on the online campus. So uh, welcome. Welcome to Facebook and to YouTube and, and wherever else you're finding us. Um, it's going to be weird. It's going to be different. I mean, it's hard for me. Like I was just thinking I was starting to get used to, to speaking in front of a crowd. And now, now I'm just speaking to a wall. And uh, so it'll be interesting. We're going to try some different things and uh, see how it goes. So look forward to your feedback. Um, I'm broadcasting here from an undisclosed location. It's a secret bunker. Uh, bonus points to anyone who can identify it in the comment section. should be fairly easy for some of you. But uh, I kind of feel like I'm on Romper Room. I'm not sure if you remember that show. Anyone under the age of 40 might have to kind of Google it to see what it's about. But in a romper room, I remember at the end of the show, the, the host would always have this magic mirror. And if you can remember, you'd pull it up and I, I see Angela. Oh, and, and I, see, I see Lori. And oh, Norm's having a special day. And I kind of feel that way. So, but uh, welcome anyway. So. When we, when we first launched New Life Fellowship, we, we decided to approach it not, not as a church from a 21st century perspective, but rather trying to understand it as a, as a first century church from a, in a 21st century world. And, and so what that meant was trying to understand how does, how did, how did church, what was it meant to be, and how do we apply that to our everyday lives today? And so we started, we went to the scriptures, we went to Acts chapter 2, and particularly verse 42 there, we saw how, um, how the early church, the first believers, how they met. And in the very first verse after Pentecost, it describes how they, how they met and what they did and how they would gather. And, and, it, and it says in verse 42, they did three things. The first thing they did is they gathered together to study the apostles' teaching. And two, the second thing, they, they gathered together for fellowship and for breaking your bread and just being around one another. And, and the third one was to devote themselves to prayer and to worship. And, and when we studied that, we thought, you know, that's, that's a really simple way to approach church. And we liked it. And so that's what we've been doing ever since. And so our goal here at New Life has always been to, to present and to teach a, a clear understanding of the New Covenant uh, as the apostles taught it in the epistles and from Scripture and understanding how that New Covenant really applies to us today. To also get together, though, to lead to experience a community of grace. Because it wasn't just about teaching grace. We wanted to experience grace in the community and have that community be one of prayer and worshiping God. And so that's what we've been trying to do. And that's been our goal from, from day one. But uh, life is different now with uh, this COVID-19 and, and, and terms like self-isolation and social distancing. And this is our new reality. And unfortunately, it's not going to be a short-term reality. It's going to be one that's measured in months and not weeks. And so we're going to try to have to adapt and, and, and get used to this new world. But, but we kind of think that this, this message is now more important than ever. Keep in mind that, that self-isolation is what led to the Unabomber. 
right? That's not, it's not a great example and role model for us, right? And so it's deadly. It's dangerous. And uh, I mean, there's, there's some, some negative effects that might be even worse than, than the COVID-19 virus in terms of the isolation and despair and depression and loneliness that can go on. And so I, I really think today, right now, the church is more needed than ever. The church needs to be that community of grace and reaching out to one another more than ever we've done before in the past. It's really critical. And so we're going to have to get inventive and find new ways and, and so forth. And so that's what we're going to do. We're, we're, nothing's changed with new life. We're still going to be a place that, that teaches and proclaims the, the wonderful message of the new covenant of grace and life in Jesus and freedom but one that leads to community of grace as well. And so we're going to have to come up with some inventive ways to, to do so. And, and we'll talk a little bit about that later in this message. But uh, one of the things I want us to do, I want you to do actually, is, is to join us in this journey. And so I would encourage you to, for one thing, sign up on the email list. If you're not on the email list, go to the website. It's newlifekw.ca, and there will be a place there for you to sign up uh, your name and email address. We're not going to spam you. We're not going to try and sell you on anything. That's not what we're doing. But it's rather it gives us a chance to alert you to different events that we got going. Um, and, and we're going to try and do some things. Uh, the other thing you can do is you can join our, our Facebook page. Now, we've, we've got a public Facebook page that this video is being broadcast on right now. But we also have a, um, a, a private group. We, we call it the New Life Fellowship Community Group. And, and I always think of that as sort of like an extension to the lobby. So it's, it's, it's not pro public to the whole internet. It's a bit more private, uh, but it, it just gives us a chance to, to share it with one another in, in, a, in a, a somewhat public setting. And, and so people can just kind of share prayer requests or funny jokes or you know, some stories or you know, update people with what's going on, uh, all kinds of things. So it's just sort of like a, again, it's just like a church lobby. And so we'd encourage you to, to, to connect there uh, for a few things. One is we want to, to do different events and we're going to do some things, different things online and we're trying to create some ideas and so forth. And we got some things that we got planned even for this week. And so that'd be a great place for you to find out about those events. Same with the, the uh, email list. Um, that, that would be what I suggest. Now, for some of you, you're, you're not on Facebook and you refuse to go on Facebook. And I, I respect you for that. Uh, the other option then is to just subscribe to our YouTube channel because all these messages will be there. Anything that we record uh, throughout the week, different events and so forth, will go on the YouTube channel as well. But it would be better if you can be involved. And, and right now, unfortunately, we have to find online ways to be involved. Uh, there might be some events that we try and do in person that would respect the social distancing that is required to, to keep the threat of, of COVID-19 at bay, uh, different ideas. So we're trying to come up with different things. So we still want to create and experience that that community of grace as, as much as we can. Because like I said, it's, it's more important now, now than ever. So one of the things that we're going to try and do, is we're going to try and keep normalcy. We're trying to try and keep things as normal as possible, which is why we're still meeting here on a Sunday morning, while I'm still up here kind of sharing a message. And so we're going to continue on in our message through the book of Ephesians. So again, if you're just joining us, we've been working our way kind of verse by verse to the book of Ephesians. And uh, if you want to catch up on any of the, the previous messages, then I encourage you to go to our website and you can listen to them there or subscribe to the podcast, just kind of on your favorite podcast app. Look for New Life Fellowship Kitchener and you should be able to, to find us that way and catch up on all the messages that have gone on before us. But we're going to we're going to continue on our, in our study in the book of Ephesians. And 
And when I came to this passage, I was, I was amazed at the significance that this passage has to do with what's going on right now. Uh, that it is a, a beautiful reminder that the church is not a building. And I mean, if there's ever a time where the church has lost its building aspect, now is the time. We, we are a gathering. We're the ecclesia, a group of people who've been called out, coming together to be a light into this world, to, to be a group of people that trust Jesus as our source of life. Um, and, and therefore, we can't do it alone. We can't face this struggle on our own. And that's what's so beautiful, I think, about this passage is it's, it's reminding us about that. And so I just want you to take a moment and, and note the effort that we went to to make this passage more relevant to you. I mean, the time, everything with the COVID-19 and, and this passage, it took a lot of effort and work. And so I just want you to acknowledge all the effort we put into that. Of course, not. I'm, I'm just trying to have a little bit of fun with all that's going on. So, But I do believe in the providence of God. And I do believe that, that God knew all that was going on and, and wanted to share this message on this Sunday with you this morning. And so um, I'm looking forward to what God wants to share with you. So I'm going to read the passage to you. So if you got your Bible with you, uh, great. Grab your coffee, get seated, and uh, turn to Ephesians chapter 2. We're going to read in verses 19 to 22. Uh, that's the passage we're going to study this morning. So let me just read it to you. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and are of God's household, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone and whom the whole building being fitted together is growing into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together into a dwelling of God in the spirit. All right, let's pray. Father, I'm looking forward to what you have in store for us this morning as we, we take a look at this passage. Remind us again of the significance of what the church is, what we can be to one another, to this world, and that the church ultimately is deriving life from you. So we're looking forward. Be the teacher. Be the one to make this real to us. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, our passage begins with the words, so then, which, you know, it's a conclusion. He's making a conclusion based on what he said previously. And so just as a reminder, what he's been saying since verse 11 is he was talking about this, this division or at least potential division that was going on between the, the, in, within the church, between the Jewish believers and the Gentile believers and, and how that was causing friction. But he says, here's the good news is, is that division, that dividing wall has been abolished. Jesus, through the work on the cross, has taken away that division, the division being the law. And that now there is no distinction. There is no division between Jewish and Gentile believer. That's all gone. That we've been set free from the law, set free from the old covenant. We're under a new covenant, a new covenant that is apart from the law, that has no connection to the law, but rather is rooted in grace, rooted in the life of Jesus Christ, where our, our identity now is based solely not in what we do or don't do. That was the Jewish Gentile mentality but rather based solely in Jesus Christ. And that's great news for today. In, in a world that is hurting from identity politics and attacking and who's like me and who's not like me and so forth, this is so beautiful because as, as Christians, we're not about what we're against. We're about what we're for. 
And what we're for is we're for Jesus. And he becomes now our primary identity. And so it, it doesn't matter about all the other things. It, it doesn't discount, discount who you are in terms of your race and your gender and, and, and your hair color and your hobbies and so forth. Those are important to your, your makeup and your personality and so forth, but it doesn't define you. All of those things now are your secondary identity, our primary identity being who we are in Jesus. And so that's, that's the context he's talking about. And so he says, so then in light of all that, in light of what God's done, no longer are there near and far. We are one in Jesus. He's now going to make this contrast. So, so look at the language that Paul's going to use here. He's talking about no longer are you, but now you are. That there's, there's been a transition. There, something's happened. And I think that's so critical that we understand that the cross did much more than just take away our sins. It wasn't, it wasn't external. It wasn't just a bath. It wasn't just washing, giving you a fresh start. Because that doesn't change who I am. It's got to be more than that. And thankfully, the cross is more than that. It's much more than that. He didn't just wash and forgive the sinner. What he did is he took the sinner, he took the old you, he took the person you were when you arrived here on planet Earth, the one that was beat up, the one that was shamed, the one that wasn't good enough, the one that was abused, the one that was hurt, the one that was neglected. That person was placed into Jesus Christ on that cross. That person was crucified with Christ. No longer are you the dirty, rotten sinner. No longer are you that person in Adam. No longer are you that person who's been hurt and abused. But now, now you are something new. Now you are someone different, a new creation, uh, someone who's holy and righteous, a, a saint. Look at the language he uses there. He talks about how you now are a fellow citizen with the saints. This idea of fellow citizen with the saints is we're one and the same. You're much of a saint as St. Paul is a saint. That's who you are, this new person, because we were crucified and buried and raised up as someone different. Always remember that truth. You are someone new, someone completely different. You're a holy one. Now, some people, when they hear that, they kind of recoil at that statement. They go, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. How, how, do you, how can you say I'm holy? I, I still sin. I still make mistakes. I still blow it. And, and my answer to that is, like, I kind of figured that. Like, you didn't have, I, I already knew that about you, that you still blow it. And from time to time, you still sin from time to time. But in that statement, what you're revealing is what you think the basis of your holiness is. If you think your holiness is based on your behavior, then yeah, that'd be true. But that's not the basis of our holiness. It's not the basis of our righteousness. It's not the basis of the fact that you're a saint. All of that truth is based on what Christ has done. And what Christ has done, what he has accomplished on our behalf is finished. It's complete. It's total. You and I already are righteous and holy because of what he's done. That's what makes us fellow citizens with the saints. But again, the language of Paul gets better. It, it's, he's going deeper in all this. He, he's moving from the political aspect of being fellow citizens, and he's moving now into something far more personal. He's talking about family, being of the, the household, the same household of God. Ah, it, it's so rich. It, it, it's so rich and it's, it's so beautiful. Um, listen to this great quote this one commentator had that I came across. He says this, 
in, in the Roman world of the day, to be a member of the household meant refuge and protection, at least as much as the master was able to provide. It also meant identity and gave the security that comes with a sense of belonging. Did you hear that? Because we are of the household of God, because we are under God, He is our Father, He is our provider. He's the one that takes care of us. He's the one that's going to look after us. You see, this whole world has been flipped upside down with this COVID-19. Everything's different, right? I mean, you, whether you can go outside, whether, you know, you can go to school, can you go to work? A lot of people have been, you know, working from home. Some people have been laid off. We're worried about bills and finances and mortgage payments and everything's been thrown up into the, into the, up into the air. But one thing hasn't changed. Your provider hasn't changed. Your source hasn't changed. It's still Jesus. He is still the one looking after us. And so we're in his household and under his protection, under his, his care, and he's looking after us. And because of that, our identity now is connected to being the household of God, which means that our security, our assurance, our sense of belonging, all of that is 100% true regardless of what you've done, regardless of the mistakes you've made. That's who we are. And that's what's so beautiful about this. In fact, he's going to go on to say this in verses 21 and 22. And, and I, I loved how he put it. He says, he makes these two statements. Both begin with the words, in whom. Right? So these two statements that are going to be parallel statements. In whom the whole building being fitted together is growing into the holy temple in the Lord. That's statement number one. Statement number two is, and in whom you also are being built into a dwelling of God in the Spirit. Very similar statements, but, but I think they have a little bit of nuance, a little bit of difference. And I, and I love how these two verses kind of wrap up the section in this. The, the first part here, the, the first in whom, talking about being this building, being fitted together, the holy temple in the Lord. I think that's really talking about who you are in Jesus. As a believer... You know, being in Jesus, this new creation, the old being, you know, crucified and being righteous and all who you are today, that new identity. I think that's what he's alluding to in that first part. We're in the second part talking about being a dwelling of God in the spirit. I think the emphasis there is who God is in you. And I love those two aspects there, who you are in Jesus and who Jesus is in you. See, when I meet with people, you know, I'm, I'm always trying to think and understand how do I, how do I best help people? How do I connect with people? How do I, how do I explain this gospel, this good news to people? And, and so I've been trying to, in my mind over these years, trying to figure out well, what's the root, what's the most important thing that I can share with people. And if, if I could kind of simplify things and, and boil things down, I've, I've kind of come down to this two, these two things. If I can help somebody understand who they are in Jesus, and who Jesus is in them. Maybe it doesn't solve every problem they've got, but I think that solves 95% of them. I think that, that, that fixes so many things. It addresses so many of the issues because now they start to understand who they are and who they're not. They're not who the voice of shame says they are. They're, they're not the failure. They're not the, the, the broken person they think they are. I was thinking about this last night when I was when I was talking to my wife Joy and how how so often we think ourselves as broken, just so broken, and we need to be fixed. 
And, and I was thinking, you know, we're, we're not broken in Jesus. Uh, we're hurting at times. We're hurting at times, and that's true. But, but we're not broken. And, and here's the difference. Because if you're broken, then you got to get fixed. And so here's, here's four things you got to do, five things you got to do. you got to go and, and make this change in order to be fixed. But if you're hurting, the answer is you need to be loved. And that, that changes everything for me. Because now, now I, I, I can struggle. You can struggle. But, but the response now is different. The response is, let me come around. Let me wrap my arms around you. Well, air hug now because of COVID-19. So that's a figurative hug. But let me come and support you and love on you. So that in that loving on you, you can experience healing. You can, you can come to understand and be reminded of who you are today, of that new person, that new identity. And then two, the other part of it now, who Jesus is in you. Well, that's the power I need. We're, we're living in this crazy world. We're living in a world of, of self-isolation and, 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 and talking to people through screens and, and so forth. We have a whole new level of grace that's required. A whole new level of, of source and power, but he's still there. Jesus hasn't self-isolated. <laughs> he's not pulling away from you. He's inside you right now. And everything we need for life and godliness is in Jesus. You know, the, this virus, this, this world flipping off of its axis and stop rotating and everything changing hasn't caught him off guard. He's in us and he's with us and he's enough of what you need. Everything who Jesus is in you. But that does not speak to lone wolf Christianity. Please understand, that's not what this is about. I, I've, I've done that. I've experienced that for a time when, when I started to understand this message of grace. Oh, all I need is God and, and pulling away from others. And, and what I began to see as I've matured and as I've looked back on that is I was robbing not just other people of experiencing Jesus through me, but I was robbing myself from experiencing Jesus. You see, one person can never know God fully. How, how does a finite being with a finite mind, a, a fi finite mind, understand an infinite God? Can't be done. See, I, I need you. I, I need to know Christ in norm so I can know God better. I, I got to experience Christ and Sheila and in Danielle in order to know Jesus better. So we need one another. And I think that's part of, again, part of the language that Paul's using in this passage that I think is so beautiful. This, this idea here that, that you and I, we all are. What's beautiful about this is Paul's never talking about the individual. In the you, it's, it's not you singular, it's you plural. So if Paul was Southern Baptist, it'd be y'all, right? Y'all are new creations. Y'all are fellow citizens in Christ. Y'all are with the saints. Y'all are this household of God that have been fitted together. And, and so I, I love that picture here of this, this building here. Where, where Christ is the cornerstone, he says. And the cornerstone is the most important stone. It sets the, the tone, the direction, everything. It's the source of everything. And that's what Jesus is. 
And, and then the foundation, which is connected to the cornerstone and, and realize that anything that, that is built on is only as good as what is built upon. And so because the, the foundation, which is the apostles and, and the prophets, which I don't think is the people themselves as much as the message, the message of the new covenant, which is built upon and therefore is solid because it's built upon Jesus Christ and the cross, built on Jesus. But then you and I, the church, which is not a building physically, it's a gathering of people. As Peter talks about this living stones have come together and they've been fitted together in this, this perfect way. I think of it as like pieces of a puzzle where, where we've got these different pieces. We've got, you know, the puzzle of Jeremy and the puzzle piece of Josh and the puzzle piece of Sarah. And they all come and they fit together to make the church. And, and that's what he's talking about here. Another beautiful passage Paul uses, another illustration to this is he talks about the body of Christ being a body. And now not all our hands and not all our feet and not all our eyes and not all our knees and not all our hearts and lungs and so forth. But can, can the eye say, I don't need the mouth? Can the mouth say, I don't need the hand? Can, can the hand say, I don't need the feet? We need one another. And so that's the, that's the beauty. And that's what I want you, you and I to remember during this time, especially during this time, we need one another. We're going to support one another. We're, we, we've been brought together to, to help, encourage, and support one another. And I, I really think, you know, I'm not trying to find the, the, the silver, you know, um, lining in the storm or anything like that. But I really do believe that you and I, we've got an incredible opportunity, a beautiful opportunity right now. Because the world, the world in many ways is, is, is growing darker. It, it's, it's getting more difficult right now. We're, we're just, you know, we can a bit into it and it's not going to get easier. It's going to get more difficult. The, the, the more days that pass, the more isolated people will feel. It, it's, we're going to run out of the same memes and jokes, and, and, and people are going to get more, more frustrated by all this. And so this is a moment where we as a community, oh, we can share the light of Jesus. I mean, the darker it gets, the brighter the light becomes. And so I, I think as we look back in history and this moment, my prayer is that we will see We'll see the church of Jesus Christ. We will see Jesus himself through the church shine so brightly that the world would say, they'll stand up and take notice and they'll say, look at the Christians. Look what they're doing. So, so let's apply this. Let's understand how we can, some of the things we can do, right? So first off, let me talk about some of the, the things that y'all can do, right? We can do as, as, a, as a larger body of Christ, as, as New Life Fellowship. I mentioned earlier this, this Facebook community group that we're going to be doing. Again, if you're not on Facebook, maybe consider it for a time just to be a part of it because we're going to need a online platform. It's not the only one we're going to use, but that's one we're going to use. We're, we're going to try to have some other group meetings we do in Zoom where we can, you know, moderate some meetings going back and forth. In fact, we got one planned for, for Wednesday this, this evening. My, my friend Carl Cacadillas from, from Virginia who on an online world is our next door neighbor now, he's going to join us and, and we're going to have some time chatting with Carl and some Q&A afterwards. And, and we're going to do that on a Zoom chat. And so hopefully you can be a part of that and, and that'll be really cool. And, and so we're going to do some different events and so forth. And, and these events, you know, they're, they're not about just passing time. 
that, that's that's not the purpose of the events. We, you know, even before all this was was you know hit us, we were already getting ready to have all kinds of different events through New Life. But the reason for the event wasn't the event itself. The reason was the event for the event was just the excuse, the opportunity to get together, to build a relationship, to encourage one another, so that when these moments hit, when when those thoughts of darkness and despair come upon you. When you're beginning to feel overwhelmed and, and struggling with what's hitting you and, and all about you know, the, the struggles of, of this isolation and so forth, you've got people who can reach out to you because you've built up this relationship. You've built up this friendship. And so we're going to be doing things on Facebook. We're going to be doing things on Zoom. And again, sign up for the email if, if you don't want to go on Facebook so you can at least stay informed with, with what's going on. But, but I want to give you some suggestions of what you might do as an individual. Please don't hear this as, a, as steps to success or formulas or, or go off and do all these things. That's not what I'm saying. It's just some ideas, things that you can pray about. Because ultimately, what does the Holy Spirit in you want to do? And I, I totally trust God in you to lead and direct you. He's big enough. He's more powerful than you and I could ever imagine. So I'm trusting him to lead you and guide you. But here are some suggestions that you might consider. Uh, one thing is that maybe we could look at this as an opportunity to reach out to our neighborhood, the physical neighborhood, our neighbors. And, and maybe while you're going for walks around the neighborhood and, and you can start to, you know, chat with people briefly, you know, obviously keeping the social distance that you need to do. But maybe that's an opportunity to get to know your neighbors because maybe... Maybe we needed an excuse. You know, we, we've gotten so comfortable in our, in our own world and, and online and business that we, we know the people, you know, across the city better than we know our next door neighbors. And so maybe this becomes the opportunity to get to know those people. I, I heard one idea this person did is they, they wrote a note and they put a note on all their neighbors saying, hey, if you need anything, go on groceries or, you know, just the, the chat through the window, whatever, you know, here's my number, text me, call me love to be there for you, right? And so here's an opportunity for us to, to kind of reach out and share Jesus with our neighbors and, and maybe even get to share the gospel with them through words. Who knows, right? So maybe that could be an opportunity. So basically, look out for one another. But again, not just your neighbors, but for the body of Christ. I love how Paul put this in, in Galatians 6 and verse 10. He says this, so then... While we have opportunity, what a great word, because this world's changing and shrinking. So while we have opportunity, let us do good to all people and especially to those who are the household of faith. So, yeah, let's let's look after our neighbors, look after those around us, but especially lean into one another, encourage one another. So what does that mean? Check in with people, send them a quick text. Or, or a message on Facebook, or, or, or give them a phone call. Hey, did you, by the way, did you guys know these things do phones? They, they, these smartphones do phone calls as well? I mean, that's, who knew, right? I mean, we're finding new things all the time. So maybe, maybe we call people up and we just chat with them. How's your day going? How can I pray for you? You know, tell me, tell me your struggles and I'll just, I'll just sit here and love on you. Again, you're not broken. You don't need to be fixed. You're hurting and you need to be loved. And that's what we can do for one another. Pray about that. See, see who, who Father brings to your mind. 
And, and what's great again about that community group we got is you got access to these people now. And you can just send a quick message saying, hey, you know, uh, Sharon, I'd love to hear how you're doing. You know, can you send me a quick message? And that sort of thing. Uh, here's something else you can do. Offer help to people. Right? Sometimes people are a little reluctant to ask. And so here'd be a great thing. You know what? We all got different skill sets. We all got different uh, abilities and so forth. And so, you know what? Offer something. Say, hey, you know what? I, I can offer this. I can, I can sing songs. I can sing music. Kind of like what, what Joy and Nikki did this morning. Wasn't that beautiful? Wasn't that a great gift to see familiar faces praising God. And so maybe people can offer that to, to people. Maybe, maybe you can go grocery shopping. Maybe you can you know, help out here and there. I'm not sure. Maybe you can do all sorts of different things. Change someone's oil for them. I don't know. But offer that to people and, and throw that out there and, and see who offers, who, see who takes up on, that, uh, on what you're offering. Maybe it's a cup of tea online. Maybe it's going for a walk outside with someone. Anyways, just offer that to people. But lastly, I want to say this. If you are struggling, raise your hand. I know it's the hardest thing to do. I know it is. But it's, it's the best thing you can do. And, and maybe it's as simple as, as just going online and just saying, help. Or sending a message to someone and just, help. I'm struggling. And, and if you receive that, if you see that message, that's the cue. Think of it as the bat signal, right? See that as the, as the signal for the church to, to trust Jesus in that moment, to reach out to that person, to connect to that person, to love on that person. Because you're not alone in any of this. You're not alone. We need one another. We need to, we need to share Jesus with one another. And that's what the church is for to be the light unto this world, to share the light, Jesus Christ, with this world. Well, feel free to carry on this discussion in the, in the comments below or online or with friends. Um, let's keep this conversation going. Let me pray for us. Father, you knew what was coming. You knew what we were going to experience. And... Um, but you've, you've empowered us. You've strengthened us. You've given to us what we need in this moment, which is your son, Jesus Christ. We're new people. We're in you and you're in us. New strength, new life. And now we get to love one another. So I'm looking forward to seeing, I'm looking forward to seeing you and seeing what you're going to do. And may this be the moment when history stops and take notice of the church takes notice of Christ in this church. Love you, Jesus. Thank you for what you're about to do in all of us. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, everyone. Enjoy the rest of your day. Again, keep the conversation going. Go be the church, as one friend of mine likes to say, because Christ in you is dying to do so. Bless you guys.